You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Sid Talk. Yes. Never work with children or podcasts. <laughs> that is my uh, tip for this week. Oh, this sounds like an audio technician having a little bit of problems. Yeah. Always. Nobody cares, though. But, yeah, it can be frustrating with any computerized anything when some shit goes wrong and you can't figure it out and then you do nothing, really, right. or maybe 15 million things and then you don't know what solved it. So our problem was audio was recording weird and now we're back on track. Nobody cares. What was the before the after the show discussion? This. Guess what? People who might want to do a podcast might want to know how to do it. Yeah, but you're not going to sit here for an hour and tell them. You Maybe can I will. Refer Maybe them that's to... the next show. <laughs> no. Well, that will not be me and you. That will just be you. Or you well. could just send them some links to some really good audio YouTube people. All right. So <laughs> it is Saturday, February the 27th. This is after the show 673. We're a weekly movie review podcast. We take a look at a movie each week. This week, we're looking at the movie Monster Hunter. It's a 2020 release, out on Blu-ray and 4K on March the 2nd, so you can pick that up this week. It's rated PG-13, and our friends at Sony let us watch a copy, sent us a 4K copy for review. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Monster Hunter. Uh, Well, for me, the, the title sums it up. It's a story where there's some monsters, and somebody has to do away with them in order to keep moving the story forward. To save our heroes and heroines and whatnot. All right, I'll give you the one off the box. Okay. On the box, it says, When Lieutenant Artemis and her loyal soldiers are transported to a new world, they engage in a desperate battle of survival against enormous enemies with incredible powers. Feature film based on the video game by Capcom. Yeah. I mean, that's good, too. <laughs> that's something, but it really, it's just... There's not a lot of substance here. No. However, I'll start by saying I had a good time. I had fun. And before we started, what did I say to you? Whatever it looks like, I'm just going with the flow today. We so my- both, uh, we have some weird, snobby... Um, <laughs> Sometimes, not always. Well, I we wouldn't liked, say we're We snobby. like really crappy movies, too. Not snobby, because um, I, I've called them guilty pleasures in the past, the Resident Evil movies. But I'm not, I don't feel guilty watching No, them. you shouldn't. They're just fun little flicks yeah i mean they're not full of substance they're not quite exactly like why are you bringing up those movies though explain well um this movie is directed by the director of the resident evil franchise also starring the star of the resident evil franchise his wife (laughs) so (laughs) right his wife the director is married to the star so they have a certain um level of cheese to them, like cheesiness and often bad special effects or really over-the-top special effects that are kind of bizarre, right? Mm-hmm. So when I when I started to watch Monster Hunter, I was in the frame of mind of, okay, special effects are going to be really cheesy and probably a bit chintzy and cheap. But I had a completely the opposite experience. I think the special effects were excellent all around. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. I'm not going to say I was, like, amazed However, maybe I'm just hardened to it because I've seen lots of dragon. These are dragon type monsters we're talking about. And, um, or like Godzilla, but some flying and the creature on the desert is pretty cool. 
And I just was convinced I was looking at a gigantic creature, monster, in the desert. So that, to me, is high level. And what I did notice at the beginning in the credits, this was um, a joint venture between Constantine Films and Toho, who are the creators of Godzilla, the film company that do the Godzilla movies. So there might have been like a, it's probably like a joint effort, and it came across better than what his films normally do. You know, CGI-wise. That might not have been CGI, that big monster. Maybe it was a big puppet. What do you think? Mm, I think it was CGI. Probably was, but um, it looked good. There was like monster spiders that really were cool. There was a monster, a giant dinosaur-ish type monster. There was a big dragon, like you say, spewing fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you like monsters. And if you like Shadow of the Colossus, because that's yeah, what I thought of often. Because the game has the... Vi- they were actually, um, weirdly, they were going to make a Shadow of the Colossus movie, but it got cancelled. These, this team, Constantine people, they were going to make it. So maybe ideas from that came into this. Mm. Because there was a very distinct scene where she jumped up on its... Yes, that's what made me think of it, totally. It kind of had the swelling music and she put the sword into its head and stuff. It felt very Shadow of the Colossus. So, so the video game, Monster Hunter, there are many incarnations of it, including the very latest one, which is out on the next generation consoles and the Switch. I have played on and off throughout the years. I'm not a huge fan of Monster Hunter. Have you ever played it? No, I'd never even heard of it. So to me, this is, this was not about the game at all. It's so. a giant game. Um, you get together with a team of friends. You go out and you, you take a like a, a bounty off a board and it says, like, go and hunt such and such. Right. And then you've got to come back with its head. It's like a, there'll be four of you. You go out and you uh, look around and you eventually find it. And the battle with it, it's not very quick. Like, it's not like you run in and kill it. It's like a giant thing that might last for about an hour. You know, you've all got to team up and use tactic against against the monster. That's kind of how the movie felt. Yeah. So um, I feel that they did... There's a weird noise outside at the moment. Very weird. Yeah. It's like uh, a big if, drill. If that's coming through on the microphone, I'm very sorry. <laughs> but it's a strange, like... It's like a big giant drill. Yeah, like somebody's extracting some teeth from mining. a giant's head. Yeah, or mine, mining in our backyard. <laughs> so, um... Ooh, may, hold on. Hold on. Maybe it's people next door telling them about your good deed this week. Uh, that's not really anything to do with the movie. I'll it tell them later in the, um, okay. in the after the show. That is good. So, I had a problem with, with it, in general. Even though I, I did really enjoy it. It was re- it's cheesy as hell. There's hardly any plot. Yeah, barely. It's, it's, it's barely together. a plot. Very loose. There's a lot of action. I mean, there's not a few min- there's not a few minutes goes by without something giant happening. Correct. Which I kind of appreciate because I I realized pretty quickly that's what this movie is. It's a big giant spectacle-y movie. Absolutely. It's full of that. There's not much. There's no development of any character at all. You know, Correct. you won't even remember the names of the characters by the end of it. You won't be rooting for anybody in particular. I mean, somebody might. We, I felt, we I felt they were all pretty generic, though. Like, it was... There were characters that were, like, not exactly from the game, but kind of inspired by characters in the game, visually. But it wasn't like you, you were going, when's Claire Redfield going to turn up? Like in Resident Evil, for instance. Right. Resident Evil franchise, they use the characters from the games. This one's more of a... More of an aesthetic, like, oh, you know these characters are from Monster Hunter. but um, Because she's wearing a goggle thing that looks all cyberpunky, yeah. and he's got red hair that swoops up into, like, an ice cream cone shape. And 
Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, kind of Final Fantasy kind of looking people. Um, You know, very Japanese video game stuff. Now, the issue, what I was talking about there is, we said, there's there's like two movies here. There's like the beginning part with Mila Jovovich's character in the desert fighting the monsters. But then, like, really late in the movie, we meet this crew of people who are the Monster Hunter people. But we met them immediately in the beginning. Yeah, but, I mean, blinking you miss it. It's like True. five minutes, right, at the beginning. Then you spend a whole heap of time with this new character who's sucked into their world through, you know, she's in the military in our world, sucked into their world all of a sudden. And then there's this whole sequence of her, you know, learning where she is and there's monsters and stuff. And then really late in the game, we meet the Monster Hunter characters, including Ron Perlman and his crew. And it's so, like, brief that you you meet them. There's a like a few lines of dialogue with them and then we fight in a giant thing and then it's over. True. So I felt like the the second half of the movie to me was the part where I was like, "Oh cool, now we're in Monster Hunter and here's the Monster Hunter people." But then it's not it's so brief and then we're back in our world and we're doing another fight with something. There's never enough time to give a shit about anything. Oh. Except for I like the spectacle and the fighting and I know that within another five minutes, we're going to be fighting something, because we always are. <laughs> yes, every second. Uh, but we're never talking to anybody. We're never listening. And their fights don't make any sense. Like, he wants to save her, but then he tries to beat the shit out of her, like in a martial arts mixed kind of a fight between yeah the actual Monster Hunter and our, you know, Lilu Dalip- Dallas, Milo, what's but- her name? Lilu. <laughs> There's literally no character development on any, not even the Ron Pullman, not even... I mean, and not much dialogue. You just look at them and you go, wow, they're cool. They look like video game characters. Because <laughs> they do. I think they nailed all that part. But then there's like, you know, the cool crew. They get off the ship and they walk in towards the camera and you're like, oh, there's the guy with the red hair. There's the cool little cutesy girl. There's the, you know, all the archetypes of a crew from yes. a Japanese video game. But like, you've not spoken to any of them. One of them has one line of dialogue, you know, subtitled. It's really very, almost feels like, hmm, all this cool shit's in the next movie. I kept getting that feeling. Absolutely. Because there's no way this movie's going on for another hour, and we've only just met them. So we're probably going to be dealing with them in the next movie. Which was the bit where I was like, huh, I don't know if it needed all that build-up to get to them. Because there was a huge build-up, right? Absolutely. She's, She's in the desert. She's with her crew. She's fighting a big thing. Then she's in a cave with a load of spiders. She's fighting some things. Then she's doing a training montage with a friend here. Then she's fighting the big thing. What that feels to me like is they're establishing her as a character that the video game people are going to have to learn to accept. Yes. Now, (laughs) we'll parallel that with the Resident Evil movies where her character, Mila Jovovich's character, is called Alice and Alice does not exist in the video game. She was created as the movie character who the video game characters interact with. So it's like, oh, we're making our own thing. And but then, then again, all of this, it doesn't matter to someone like me. I couldn't give a shit about any of the video game stuff. It doesn't matter at all. I watch it. I couldn't. I did. If I didn't know it was a video game, it's just a movie, and that's right. it. Right. So. So it's irrelevant, really, because if you just watch this. You think she's the star of the show. She's the monster hunter. She's crossed over into this world. This 
guy is already there and need and she needs his help. It's not the other way around. So that's kind of how it comes down to a person who's not a video game yeah, person. Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of the Monster Hunter games. I don't know who's romancing who and which is the main character and, you know, all the names and everything. I'm not as into it as that either. So to me, it's just this vague Monster Hunter thing that I know. I've played it a few times, you know? Mm-hmm. But this just feels like there's a whole load of stuff they were getting to and then they ran out of time for it. Like Because even even like Ron Pillman character is very underutilized, right? It's mm-hmm. very... And you're like, well, all this stuff's interesting. We saw it in the beginning, the opening five minutes. We saw this whole crew and we're like, oh, these lot are cool. Then we don't see them again until five minutes from the end, which is like, I don't know if that's an issue, friend. <laughs> like, not an issue for you, but for me, no. like, it was like, I would have liked to have started with at least the way I would have structured the film is have that world and this world like equal, like an equal amount of both. But uh, that's just not how it worked out. But the fights, they're pretty unbelievable, some of them. The one in the desert with the thing burying under the sand. Yeah, looked pretty good. Yeah, I was never like, well, that's really shitty looking. And you know what? We watched the new Godzilla trilogy, King of the Monsters, for instance. There were some dodgy special effects in that. And that was a bigger movie than this. True, true. So I was impressed what they did with that. What did you think of... I was going to say, what did you think of the plot? (laughs) <laughs> bad <laughs> like explain the plot I bet you can do it in less than a minute uh, they're pretending they're two dimensions where these worlds exist and monsters are going to come into our world and that's it which is what God's- Godzilla also had that yep and so did the other Pacific one Pacific Rim also had yep. that Yeah, but they do it better right I don't know about Godzilla Pacific Rim for some reason if you tell me the story and I'm on board with the oh okay multi-dimensional this is how they're getting through. This is why they're getting through. Whatever. I can go there in the fictional world, right? Science fiction, fantasy, whatever. But this has nothing. It's like there's a tower. There's some electricity. Somebody built it a long time ago. There's a portal. It's random. You fell through it. The monsters are going through it. I mean, there's nothing else. And I'm not saying I want a scientific explanation. I get it. It's a portal to another dimension. But I just want a full story. And this, this had none of that. Yeah. And... Also comparing to the Resident Evil films, in my opinion, as a gamer, they got really super convoluted. It kind of broke down towards the end. It was like, I don't even understand what's going on anymore. It's too much of it. It's too many Umbrella Corporation people and it's too many baddies. And it's right. Too, it got really, you know, in front of itself. Whereas this is very, very simple. In fact, so simple, there's nothing to cling on to for me. Like, I'm like... There's that cool scene, and there's that cool scene, and there's that cool scene. But as far as like me wanting to know, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give you this for instance. When you watch the Force Awakens, the beginning of a trilogy or whatever, right? And then they introduce you to Rey and Kylo and all that. By the end of it, you want to watch the next movie because you're like, "What? Are they? I love these characters. These characters are cool. I want to know about them." Do you want to know about these characters? No. Yeah, exactly. Sadly, that's, not interested so that's at all. You know, you don't care. You don't even know the names barely, Mm-mm. right? They just look cool. I actually want to see the monsters more. I do desperately, Hollywood, want a monster movie that features no humans at all. I mm. think I think it would be really great if you did it right. Well, you know, that's like, fascinating. Like no human drama, just here we go, big monsters. They don't have to just fight. It can be, it can be a lot. There can be a lot to it. You can see it from a monster's perspective or whatever. I don't know. Somebody needs to do it, because... You mean, like, 
talking, living, like, characters that can communicate. Yes. Like a cartoon, like Monsters, Inc. Maybe, maybe they maybe they don't speak <laughs> our language Monsters, or Inc. has very few humans. <laughs> is that good enough for you? What is it? Monsters, Inc.? No, I wasn't thinking like that. I was thinking more like destructive, terror, terrible monsters, you know? Okay. You know, I mean, I'm with you, kind of. Not sure. Like, if the next Godzilla movie, or the, the next one is uh, the one where he's fighting Kong, Godzilla versus Kong, if it only had Godzilla and Kong and none of the bullshit people, I'd be fine with that. Okay. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the people part usually gets in the way. It's usually kind of boring. Oh, absolutely. And also hokey, like the last one with um, what she called Firminga. Vera Firminga. Oh, yeah. What, what the hell was all that about? Yeah. It, it it gets in the way of like you just watching Godzilla have a fight. So, I don't know. But while I do like Mila Jovovich, I think she's a good action star. She really pulls off action. Don't you think? Um, sometimes. I mean, even that I get fight. a little weary of it. I'm not into the big, humongous, gigantic fights with the, you know, the stunts and stuff. I'm not into that, so that kind of gets lost on me. She has a fight with Tony Jaa, who's a martial arts expert in this game. In, game. In this movie. See? Oh, gosh. She has a fight with him in a cave. Like a pretty intense yep. fight. and. As for fights go, and I'm not a fight person, it, it was a good one for about mm, 30 seconds. Yeah. Then and it I'm didn't out. look like it was Lilu Dallas multipass um, Not body a lot double. of the time. Sometimes it did. You think? Sometimes. I just thought it was her fighting him. Well, I, I guess, you know, she definitely would train to fight him. She's been in enough action movies, right? She had a stunt double. It was in the credits. Right. Well, yeah, you do, don't you? Just in case. Uh, also, <laughs> also, oh yeah, this is way too dangerous, this part. Sure. When you don't need to do it. Before we get to the cast, as a faithful adaptation of the game, it's not. Because they try and pull in like their own thing mm. to make Mila Jovovich's character be the star of it, rather than Tony Jaa, who barely has any lines, right? Barely. He's kind of... I mean, a, there's not much dialogue at all. So that I don't know if that's a fair criticism, because it's... Really sparse. Yeah, there's some pretty hokey dialogue at the beginning when the Marines are in the Humvees and stuff. It's real like, yes, Ugh. yeah. I was like, oh, lame. Oh, is this what we're doing? <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. It's like yeah, that, exactly. you know? <laughs> <laughs> there were some alien references for sure. Yes, there were. There were references to other things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Moving on to the cast, we have Miljovic, as we've mentioned many times, as Artemis. She's Lieutenant Artemis. She's action. She uh, fights. She um, kills some big monsters. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> I mm. mean, I don't know what else she's supposed to do, but... And then um, it's this movie, if you like movies that are like wide open for a sequel, this movie is wide open for a sequel. Yeah, that part is super shitty. I do not appreciate that no. little element of any franchise ever. Can, I think it's even, really boring. You know, because you know how movies operate. In the last five minutes, I was like, oh yeah, here comes the setup for something else, right? Right. And then they do the thing at the end, and then they go to the credits, and then they go to a little cutscene again, where you're like, oh, so this is shit that's coming in the next movie, because there's something approaching or whatever, you know? And I kept feeling that. It's like, oh, we're setting this thing up. We need, like, we've finished Resident Evil now, so we need a big thing that we can make a bunch of. Uh, I don't appreciate that much. I don't either. I think it's really cheesy, but then, you know, that's how Marvel works, so. Yeah. I mean. That is true. 
that's all it, that's all that is. And so, and Star Wars, let's be honest, it's, it relies on you wanting to know the whole story. So I guess so, I can't really bitch about it. I'm a fan much. of Mila Jovovich as a action person. I mm-hmm. love her in Fifth Element. She's mainly in action. I can't think of her in something that I've watched that where she's not action. No. She's not in romantic comedies or. Oh, really? But I like her in this. It's pretty interchangeable with Alice, though, isn't it? It's the same thing. Very. <laughs> She's a tough woman who... She's had a hard time. And they put her in an outfit at some point, like some in this one. They make a joke <laughs> about the outfit, don't they? True. <laughs> um, Tony Jaa plays Hunter. See, the names of the characters are like... We can't even be asked coming up with a proper <laughs> name. <laughs> so when you play in um, Monster Hunter, you uh, pick a class... You know, there'll be like a brawler and a hunter and a a medic, you know. I don't know these things. so Right, so he's the hunter class. He'd be the guy with the bow and arrow who, like, at range will take people out. So that's the reason he's called hunter, because he'd be the hunter class. Okay. And he has cool arrows. They're like little nukes. When they, they, when they explode, it's not like a... True. It's huge, the explosion that comes off it. But um, Tony Jarr is a famous martial artist. It's been in... He's done fight choreography for a lot of movies. Well, he doesn't get his due for sure in this movie. He does not. He's got the cool. He looks cool. He looks like a game character. Definitely. Like the outfit and the weapons that he uses, his knives and everything. Like it, I bought it as like a character from Monster Hunter, but as far as his character Hunter is about it, he's a hunter. Yeah, unfortunately, and I felt like he was supposed to be. Like, like the imp- main guy, hugely right? Hugely important or right. something, yeah. Because the way they introduce him, he's like looking through the... He's looking at them down below. Yeah, he... I mean, I don't know his story, but here's what happens. They're on a ship on the sand. The creature comes, knocks the shit out of the ship. He falls into the sand. Later, she gets transported through the multidimensional portal thingy from the tower in the sky, whatever. And then he is just there. He has now... Suddenly, or a hundred years later, or I don't even know, he has like built himself a shelter inside of a mountain with all kinds of traps and shit, and he's set up to survive because basically he's been abandoned by his crew who had to go off and because their ship was beat up or whatever, or half of them were dead. And now she finds him, or he finds her, and that's that's all he is. And then he just sort of he shows her very little trains her with the double knives, which of course Alice had the double, didn't she? Yes. Something. She did at some point. Yeah. Yeah, So he just felt like underutilized. I would rather him be the star and her be the sidekick, but he didn't didn't write this movie. So that's not how it works. And he didn't really speak. uh, Also, he doesn't speak English in the movie. So is there any subtitled line from him or or is he just always? Uh, Yeah. Near the end, there was. Like a couple of lines Mm -hmm. of it. But generally, he's like, you know, pointed at something or trying to. She says, well, then she's doing the same thing. He doesn't understand her either. So I have no problem with that. Like, stops you having any kind of um, development of him, really, in this short space of time that he's on the screen. Like, it's. I don't know about that. I didn't, that didn't bother me at all. Because I could understand that if you're in that situation, you would not understand each other. Right. So the subtitles would have been just a cheat sheet, basically. But they got along, they communicated as they needed to. The uh, rapper slash singer T.I. played Lincoln. Hmm. Didn't last very long. Spoiler. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> no, no. It, I mean, they whittle it down pretty quick in this movie. Yeah. 
They're like, hey, here's your, here's your cast of heroes. Okay. I call them the disposables because yeah. that's exactly what Here's your cast of heroes. Okay, now we're back down to uh, just one, just mit Millie over here. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, <laughs> Nobody else matters. These people. No, who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, and Ron Perlman plays the Admiral. He's the Admiral of the ship. There's a cool ship that goes over the sand that we barely see. Barely. With a, with a crew of unlikely, like, reprobates that we barely see, that we don't know anything about, that look cool. And you're like, wow, look at that thing she's got that she can, like, she's got, like, a thing on her face that she, it's like a... Um, Funny. I thought they just looked super obnoxious. Mm, to me, I, I play a lot of games, so I guess uh, mm. I'm programmed to like a uh, game. <laughs> I'm glad you can admit it. <laughs> But um, anyway, there's a whole story behind them that you obviously they're not just they didn't just appear on that ship. They've had a whole life on this ship. There's a whole cool thing that you'll never know about because yeah, what does it amount to? Let's go over there and kill that thing because this lady is going to come from another dimension and tell the whole story for us. Yes, so it's a bit of a drag. Yeah, so don't get attached to any of that crew from that ship, which I really love that part. But yeah, it's really brief. There's also a cat chef. <laughs> Yeah, but that's good. That was fun. What did you say about the cat chef? What? You said that the director, because he loves games, um, Mila Jovovich. Oh, yeah. I said, probably played that game and thought, I have to make this movie just to make that cat. It's a cat that, in the game, it's a shop where you go and buy health potions and food and stuff. And a cat chef does like a, a sushi grill kind of thing. They actually have a CG cat chef in this movie. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Briefly, it's kind of fun, you know? And when I saw that, I was like, oh, cool, we're really going for the video game bit. And then it almost, was almost over. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because that's they want you to watch the... Watch the know, next the one. The sequel part. So directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, not the other Paul Anderson. Right. He directed Resident Evil series. There's seven of them. And also Alien vs. Predator series. Do you remember those? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's produced a bunch of other stuff. Three Musketeers. Movies with his wife in. Three Musketeers. Not great. That was not a good one, was it? Nope. So Paul W.S. Anderson, I kind of admire him in a way, because he's got his own thing. You know, like Kevin Smith has his own thing. Yep. He has his own thing. He's like, found a niche of things that he likes, and he just just makes that. I'm going down the road here with uh, Resident Evil movies. They're quite popular, and people like them, so we'll keep making them. We got to the end of that story, you know, where uh, he's obviously got a good relationship with Capcom video games and their other big franchise is Monster Hunter. Well, they've got more than that. They've got Devil May Cry. They've got a bunch of cool games. But, you know, I get the feeling the way his movies are made and they're popular, aren't they? Mm, Seems like. He could. Popular enough to keep making them and getting funded. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot to be said for that. Even if you turn your nose up at them and they're not... Great. Like, they're like, like expensive B movies, really. True. Because they're not super like they're not high class or anything, but they they just so happen to have good special effects, semi likable, big spectacle stories. But like the Resident Evil movies are really really cheesy. They're cheesier than The Walking Dead. You know <laughs> that's and that's, and that's a hard book. to pull off. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of admire what he does. You know, he's got his own thing. I like it when somebody has their own thing and they don't veer from it. They're like, no, this is the thing I do. I like making video game movies, so I'm going to make them. To hell with y'all. Yeah. So IMDb reviews on this movie. What? Are there some? Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
It was in theatres for a while in uh, December, if you can remember those theatres. You know, people used to go to this place, watch this, watch movies. I mean, let's not be too snobby because, or too snotty about this because we uh, haven't been to theaters for a long time. We have our own movie theater in our house. Only it's, when Star Wars. Comes I say out. that like it's a big deal. We have a screen on the wall and a projector and two chairs, or shelves of Blu-rays. <laughs> that's our theater. But that's cool. That's it weird. is. There are no people. Huh? You can. Pa- there are no people. You can pause anytime to, uh, you know, take a pee. I like it. So um, let's look at these IMDb reviews. These are not our opinions. These are people who pretty much didn't like. They give one star to this movie. So they made the effort to go to IMDb to shit on this movie. (laughs) Contestant number one says, Don't waste your time or money. Okay, I won't waste. No plot, logic, acting, story, nothing to be seen in this movie. Even the CGI is average and every scene is too dark. I disagree with that, because what about those desert scenes? You can see everything. I'm going to say about this movie, one of the things I was going to say is great about the CGI is they don't try and ever cover it up. It's always in the light. True. And and it's not just, oh, it's light. It's like it's super light because the sun's out and it's in the desert. Even a fight with a dragon was not underlit. You know? Correct. So I disagree so, with that. So maybe he just was in a cinema that had a, needed a new bulb in the projector. You never know. This guy says, I wasted, and he, he said wasted, like as in your waste. Okay. My time when watching this film. Bad story, bad character, bad monster, like a dinosaurus. One of the worstest movie in the world. Worstest. What are you, five? Come on. Come on, everybody. Five or... Five. Five-year-olds will say mostest and things like that. I mean, that's like a child thing. Also, maybe you're just saying it like voice to text and it's messing up. That's potentially the problem there. This one says, this is probably Mila Jovic's worst movie. She can she can't happen to find one decent script. First of all, the Marines shoot first and act later. What? They act like dump lunatic. Nothing they do makes sense. It's like watching movie and one guy says he is checking and oh god, he's dead. They are in no threat, but as soon as a cliff comes, they yell enemy and shoot. Why? <laughs> uh, Fascinating. Yeah, whole story is poorly written with no logic. I, I am mean, sad. I can't disagree with that one. This is $60 million trash, one guy says. Hmm. Don't think so. It's this a, game it's a is interesting spectacle. Like appreciate it for what it is. This guy says this game is a total farce <laughs> and a waste of money. <laughs> well, he basically, but he ordered it from Amazon. He put it in his PlayStation. He's like, "What's this? I can't play." You're really not giving him any credit at all, there, are you? Um, and finally, this guy says this is racist movie for Chinese. Kind of like your accent that you're doing? It is also worst movie for Chinese. I really can't imagine such blatant racism in this movie Chinese. Right. I don't know about... I didn't notice any racism about Well, that's because we're not of that. But I said I would be pissed if this game is, you know, made by and in and primarily played by. I don't know. What's the vibe of this game? You said... Resident Evil was like a Japanese game set in Japan, 
like in a Japanese city with Japanese characters, and it got converted to the American Western version of the movie. Now, if you're a solid Japanese fan of it, and then that's what they decide to do. I don't know if that's racist, but I would be very like, come on, guys, you know? Yeah. I suppose you'd have to equate it to like if Walking Dead was never made into a TV show here at all, only made into a Japanese TV show. I personally wouldn't care. I think that would be cool. But I can see how someone would be like, what? But you know what? That probably happens all the time. I bet it does, yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's why different versions of things get made sometimes. And you're like, why are they making a different version? But the racist part, I don't know. And I don't know if that's how sensitive I would be because I'm not of any Asian culture at all. So I don't know. Maybe if you watch it, you'd just be like, the way he behaved, or maybe what he said, well, or, or the fact see, that he was just a sidekick is the a way bit he behaved offensive. was like a character would in the game. I could see what they were doing with that. They were going literally for. But a he character. acted kind of dumb, which I thought was really sad yeah, because he was super skilled. Definitely a bit like like a comedy like a, sidekick. Yeah, yeah, like a child at times, like oh chocolate, you know, like ew. Great Hershey's, um... Hershey's and Coke. Got a couple of ads in there. Yeah, there's definitely <laughs> ads in this movie, ready, you know. Yeah. And you're like, oh, guess what? They don't, they mustn't sell much Hershey's in certain countries. So now, if we make it a thing, people will buy it. It sucks. Very plausible. But probably was a lot of the money that they got to make a movie. Um, so what else we got? Well, that's it. In conclusion, I am going to give Monster Hunter a... 7 out of 10. Maybe Ooh, a 6.5. Seven's a bit high for me. 6.5 I'll go for. I'm going to put it right in the middle. Like a 5.5. It was better than... I was going to say it was better than what we watched last week. Wonder, but I don't think it was. Maybe it was. Very different, though. Come on. Can't really... I, I like to think of them in their own little slot. And for what it is, it's a little over average. Yeah. I mean, it's, I it's a fun it time for sure. Like, yeah. It, if you like watching big things, you know, get obliterated and shot at and giant monsters running at them. Even some, I like that scene where they come to like, and it was like a tropical paradise and there was the herbivore ones. Mm-hmm. That was a cool thing, but didn't last long enough. Kind of, but yeah, it didn't get used enough. It looked good though. I mean, I was like, wow, that was really cool. Everything looks cool. So they nailed that part. I, I would, do you remember we watched the uh, Warcraft movie? Mm-hmm. That was another video game movie that this kind of reminds me of. Even though that had a bit more plot, it was just like, when you'd watched it, you were like, I know there's way more to that, but they just didn't put it in there. It's just real shallow. Like, like the story seemed really complex and cool, but they only had a bit of time for like a little bit of it. So you were waiting for the sequel that never came because the movie wasn't successful. I don't know if... That will be the case with this movie because of COVID and stuff, and they don't make enough money, and they can't make another one. Not sure. But so, what's your number? Five and a half. All right. 5.5. I'll give it six and a half. All right. All right. So, thank you to Sony. Next week, we will review a movie. (laughs) Uh, Movie recommendations. I am going. These are movies that What did you mean by that? We just did. What? You said next week we'll review a movie. Yep. We just did. We reviewed one this week. We'll review one next week. <laughs> are you losing your mind? These are movies that came into my head while I was watching this movie, so I'm okay. going to recommend them to you. Okay. Number one, The Fifth Element. Of course. Of the, course. The best movie featuring Mila Jovovich. The best movie. Okay. There isn't a better one. And my other one is Time Bandits. 
because there's a sequence in this movie where I just get Time Bandit's vibe <laughs> on that ship when she's in the little cage. You did. You said it actually during the movie. And Time Bandits is an excellent, excellent movie. It's funny. Again, we'd have to see it through, you know, a grown-up modern 21st century filter. I was a kid when I watched it and it was like, a, it's so imaginative and like it just makes you think, oh, you travel to all these different, you know, and they go to the Gulliver's Travels bit and, the, you know, there's a lot, it's like a compilation of things, isn't it, that they, on their travels. They meet Robin Hood, for instance. You know, True. Played by John Cleese. There's a Gulliver travel, Gulliver's Travels with a giant Gulliver. You know, it's all these different things. And I was like, I was in awe when I watched it. I remember as a kid, I was like, all these things in one movie. This is so cool. So um, Time Bandits and Fifth Element. And I will recommend, because I'm doing the 80s this year. And let me get over to my spreadsheet, because I have a spreadsheet, of course. And I'm still in 1980. From the looks of it, uh, a few more weeks till I get out of 1980. And the movies for this week, you're going to appreciate Flash Gordon and the movie that's very opposite, The Elephant Man. <laughs> that's David Lynch, The Elephant Man. <laughs> two very different movies. They're two excellent movies. They, uh, that's subjective, but yes, they are. Flash Gordon Flash is... Flash Gordon, I'm not sure about. Flash Gordon is infinitely rewatchable for me. I thought you were going to say infinitely better than no. Elephant Man. It's just got something about it, Flash Gordon. It's really, it's, it's a film I watched as a kid. A lot. Anytime it was on, and when we got it on VHS, just all the time. And it's, it's got that thing that Star Wars kind of has for me, but it's obviously much chintzier and cheaper. And Yeah. But it's, it's just cool. The characters are cool. The music is awesome. It's got cheesy green screen special effects <laughs> that definitely don't hold up, but you know, you got to realize when it was made. But it's just a fun... Like one of those 1950s kind of TV serial stories, which is where it came from. But you didn't actually see Flash Gordon until we reviewed it on this show, right? Correct. Which is, I was like, what? <laughs> I was out of the loop. But you knew about it, surely, right? No. No? You didn't know about, well, you knew the Queen song, because you'd have heard that. Yeah, but I wouldn't have thought of it as the movie song. Yeah. It's just bizarre to me. <laughs> but then you, it's bizarre to you that I never watched 16 Candles. Correct. Correct. So. And I'm more correct on that one than you, because that's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, games and A-Scully stuff this week. I've been playing lots of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm playing... I love it. So, what a great Assassin's Creed game this is. Do you like it? <laughs> well, I'm not playing it, but I like that you're enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's great. It's just, um, you know, it's this Viking invasion thing. They keep adding stuff to it. Every day I think, oh, I'll just play an hour of this. And, you know, go through the story a little bit more. But then a thing will pop up that says, hey, today, if you kill these two guys on the map, and we'll show you where they are, and they're kind of a bit challenging, we'll give you like a daily reward, and that'll make your armor better or something. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. So, so I go you, off and do that. You are just the guy who falls for the carrot on the string. Yeah. Yeah. So I go off and do that, and then I realize an hour has gone by, and I haven't even done any more of the story, but I have got some cool armor. The thing I'm going after at the moment is the King Arthur armor. It's like a, you've got the, you know, the English cross on it. So I'm trying to get that. You do like your explorations. I yes. Know that. This is a weird one. I don't ever really kickstart anything on Kickstarter. Do you? No. No? Well, I did like a couple of years ago when they announced at E3 that there was going to be a new Shenmue game. One of my favorite games. One of my favorite franchises. And the guy, Yu Suzuki said, we're going to make a new Shenmue game, but we're going to kickstart it to see if people want one. 
So immediately I went and pledged. I think it was $20. And the pledge meant like if they got enough money, the game would get made. And then when the game comes out, they would ship you a game. Now the game came out in November, but this week they shipped me the game. So well <laughs> You're done. Very there, excited. Yeah, well done. Uh, everybody else uh, played it in November. And I was like, well, I got an email from Kickstarter saying we won't be able to deliver it on time. It'll be sometime in the new year. So I just ignored it like it never came out. And now I've got a copy. So I've installed it on my PS5. It'll be the game I play next, Shenmue 3. Yeah, I'll be interested to see your reaction and how good it is. Well, the cliffhanger that Shenmue 2 leaves on is still in my mind to this day. I'm like, what's next? And that was what? A long time years ago, ago, maybe it's more. It's been a long time. Yeah, well, I, I hope at the beginning of Shenmue 3 they have a um, previously on Shenmue because I, I won't remember it exactly. It's been a long time. And you don't want to play it again? Uh, there is no viable way of playing it right now, I don't think, properly. Like on new systems. I don't think, don't think they've actually redone it. Maybe they have, I don't know. That's Shenmue 3. PS Plus, if you're a PS Plus member on PlayStation which I am really into. I think it's really good value, this PS Plus thing. They give you like four games a month to play. And the games are pretty good. But they've just announced what March's games will be. And one of them is Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is a big deal for most people. I've, I've actually played most of it. My friend bought it and I used his account to play it. But you'll get that this month. You'll get a game called Farpoint, which is a VR game, which is... No interest to me because I don't have PlayStation VR. There's also a free PS5 game this month called Maquette, which, listen to this, Sid Talk, it sounds cool. Okay. It's a puzzle game based around Russian nesting dolls. Oh my. On the PS5. Oh my. It's the concept of Russian nesting dolls. I love Russian nesting dolls. There's something about them. You do? Yeah, I don't know what it is about them. This is just cool. So Maquette is this new PS5 game. And Remnant from the Ashes is a shooter game for the PS4. So you get four games every month. I'm not a shill for PS Plus, but <laughs> I really think Some it's Some might disagree. I actually think it, if you have a PlayStation, it's like, it's silly not to have it because it's $60 a year and you get four games every month. And it's not trash. It's always some games you, you will play. And I said to you, you could actually just get that and that would be your games, right? You have four games, they're what you play each month. You don't need to really mm. go and purchase games. So um, that is what's going on in the gaming world. What is for dinner? What do you want? I want an Impossible Whopper, I think. Or Though. a sandwich from Jersey Mike's. Well, we'll see about the Jersey Mike's situation. We had some orders that were wrong, called to say, hey, our sandwiches were wrong on delivery. And the guy said, okay, just bring it back and we'll see. And first thing he said it was... It was snowing at the time. It was snowing. We got delivery. I'm sounding like a total snob here, but also said, no, I didn't make him wrong. I'm the only one here. I just made that. No, that wasn't wrong. And I'm looking at my order. I'm looking at your sandwich. I took a picture of your sandwich. (laughs) Like a spoiled brat. And I said to him, I appreciate that you're pushing back on this. I do. I'm sure people call all the time with complaints, but I'm just telling you. The sandwich has like three things on it, and the order has this, 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 and this. No, no, I, I know I did it right. Yeah, I've never heard anything like I it. I either. I was like, Like, what okay. happens to the customer's always right? Well, I don't believe in that either, but that 
that was just amazing to me. So I was like, okay, so now I just feel, have that thing like, ugh. And then, and then I give them another chance. And what happened? They were wrong again. They got it wrong again, yeah. So, unfortunately, and we only have the one. So we'll see. All right, what's um, your advice? My advice isn't really advice. It's more like I'm always puzzled about something. If I were to say my view, my kind of life philosophy about life and death and whatnot to someone, right? And then they're like, oh, don't tell me that. Oh, but that's not right. You know, I don't want to think about it that way. Because some of my views are just different than traditional views, right? Why should my view influence you unless, stay with me here, unless the view you already have, you're not that deeply committed to it, right? Is it that fragile that if I say to someone, because, you know, it occurs to me, and it has over the last few years, I'm 53, and then we talk about, like, we didn't do a Christmas this year with the family because of COVID, and my mother had COVID over Christmas and all that, so we didn't. And my mind immediately, which I don't really communicate, I don't say it to anybody, but I'm like, well, I probably have about maybe, maybe at the most... 27, 28 Christmases left, right? Because I'm pretty sure my body's not going to live long past 80. I'm just been a, I've been abused my body. I'm always ate too much, drank too much. I don't exercise enough. I don't see, and in, in my family, there's not a long history of people living long past 80 anyway. So I think of it that way. Oh, well, I've got, you know, 27, maybe 30 Christmases left. That's all right. We don't have to do the same thing every year. Well, next Christmas, we'll do a a weird thing or whatever. If I say that to somebody, they'd be like, oh, I don't want to think of it like that. And then like, oh, you've, you know, you've depressed me now. How's that? How does my view of it depress you unless your view isn't very solid? Like, did you even think about that before? Do you ever think about the life, your life cycle? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I hesitate sometimes to say things like that to people because they feel so like you're somehow they're easily is it brainwashed? It's not brainwashed. It's just they're easily re re-led, you know, to a different idea than what they already had. I don't know. I don't even know exactly where I'm going with this, but main the main point is my view, if I express it to you, isn't intended to change your view. It's just conversation and they get to know me a little bit better and then maybe go, oh, that's interesting. However, I don't think of it that way. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Yeah. A lot of people seem like they don't want to hear anything different than how they think or feel or believe because it's going to somehow poison them. And I don't agree with that. Well. That's it. That's wise and informative. <laughs> Not really. So um, you can catch us on ascully.com. We've changed the site. It's more simple. You just yeah, go there. Yeah, it's good. You listen to the podcast. You subscribe. That's what the, what's there for you. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Post updates now, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Anywhere else? Updates about the show. Mm, I'm if not you sure. Follow us on all those platforms. A Scully. You'll find it. Emails feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk because she hates you I and don't. you all suck. I don't. I actually don't hate anybody. And um, stay classy. Uh, Miss. Miss. No, Mrs. Millie Jovich, <laughs> the Monster Hunter. The Resident Eviler and the what else is she in? <laughs> the Fifth Element. Philomel. Um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. 
She's not in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I can assure you. I think she is in that. I don't think she is. I I think you should look that up. I will. All right. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves or someone will do it for you.